Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Today, in honor of the very first Las Vegas Super Bowl, we thought it would be fitting to discuss the life of a football great who is very familiar with Super Bowls, even though there are not a lot of happy memories associated with the big game for him. We all see the great quarterbacks of the NFL right now. Everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. They dominate the game. Guys that can not only throw but run, but we have the guy who started it all with us today, the great Fran Tarkenton from the Minnesota Vikings and New York Giants. Fran, when you see that right now, are you kind of brought back and say, my God, they're just kind of getting now what I started a long time ago? Well, as you know, I I, I came... I was a third-round draft choice. I was six feet tall, 190 pounds. Uh, I was a third-round choice because they didn't think I could play. Tom Brady was a a fifth-round choice. They didn't think he could play. John Unitas back in that era, and when I got in the league, he was the king of king, lord of lords, and he was a free agent. They didn't get drafted, and two teams had cut him before the Colts got him. And back then... You are a pocket quarterback. There's no such thing as a mobile quarterback that we see today. It was so bad in that regard. Doug Flutie, who was a great, great college player, should have been. He would have been a Patrick Holmes, Fran Tarkenton player in pro football. He didn't get a chance in the NFL. He had to go to the, had to go to because he was five eight. He went to Canada and he ran and he was mobile. He threw on the run like Russell Wilson does today and like Patrick Mahomes does today. And he did that. He went to Canada, and he won the Great Cup three or four years, most valuable player, because it, was, it wasn't proper to be an out-of-the-pocket quarterback. I came in, and I was mobile. And, and, but what they don't understand is that a quarterback's job is to put points on the board and keep his defense off the field and eat up clock. And I, I never wanted to make great throws. I want to make easy throws. And so I, this I was doing in college, and I did it in high school. But nobody saw it, of course. <laughs> but up there from day one, that's how I played. And so I end up breaking all the pass records of, of John Unitas. My records for you know, all the touchdown passes, yards gained passing, so forth, my, my record stood for 17 years. You, you know who the next one was that came as close? To, the next one was seven years. And when Marino broke my record, I was getting calls from the press people. Oh, my God, I never knew that you set all those records for passing and held them for so many years. You were a scrambler. Because they didn't understand, we are understanding today, that Patrick Mahomes, he is scrambling, and Russell Wilson is scrambling to give his receivers time to get open and buy time to, to complete the pass. 
they can run, but that's not what they do mostly. And now they're seeing, well, you know, mobile quarterbacks are the are what's going on. And that's what's happening today in college and what's happening in pro football. Even an Aaron Rodgers, who is phenomenal, he's a savant, and he is in there, but he doesn't run like those guys, but he runs in the pocket. He is so adept to move and up, in, out, sideways in the pocket to buy him more time to get his people open. And the trend is, as you well know, and that's where it's going. If you don't have a mobile quarterback who can throw, then you're dead. But here's the, I'll give you the next key. Every great quarterback has unbelievable confidence in himself. Because you are going to make every game bad throws, bad decisions, make mistakes. And it, can, it drives most people crazy to do that, so they get defensive. But the great players, the ones we've just mentioned, they have no fear of that. And they have just unbelievable confidence in what they do. And that's what separates Aaron Rodgers and the other players we talked about already, Russell Wilson and Mahomes makes them better because they got the mobility, they can pass, and they got the utmost confidence in themselves. You're drafted by an expansion team, and all that running around that you did, the scrambling and so forth, actually, with an, with an expansion offensive line, that made a lot of sense because it kept you healthier than trying to go back there and stand well, and wait. Well, for your list, just back then, it was 1961, I was drafted in the third round. We were a new franchise team. No new franchise team had ever won a game, not one game in their, in their first season. 1960, a year before I came into the league, Tom Landry, the great Tom Landry, he had uh, Don Meredith as his quarterback. And they did not win a game the first year. When we come in, and the reason for that, when we came in and when the Dallas Cowboys came in, here's how we got our roster. Every team in the league... It was 40 players you had. You could freeze your 34 best players. And we got to pick three players from your roster of the bottom six. First of all, no team then or today have 34 good players. They just don't. So we got the dregs, so nobody won. So we were playing a 12-game season that year. We opened the season against the Chicago Bears. And for your listeners, that was... Chicago Bears were owned by George Hallis. He was also the general manager. He also was the head coach. And he also was the founder of the National Football League. So he made sure from the 40s to the 50s to the 60s that he got the best players. Right. So we're playing on our first game against them. And they're the monsters of the midway. They were the New England Patriots of that era. And we were 28-point underdogs. And I am put in at the end of the first quarter, and we were behind six to nothing. We, we had not made a first down. I have three quarters. And I go and come in, and I am mobile, and I am running, and I'm throwing from that position. And we beat them 37 to 13. Unheard of. Maybe wow. the biggest upset in the history of and in that, I completed in those three quarters of play, 17 of 20 passes, to 21 passes for 237 yards. I threw for four touchdowns and ran for one in three quarters. 
237 yards is like throwing for 600 today. And yeah. that started, and I, and I, and I, we won three games that year out of 12. That was a real big, big deal at that time. Three wins yeah. for an expansion team was great. Yeah, and you know, another team, we beat the Bears, and we beat the Baltimore Colts, and they were winning championships every other year, and their quarterback was John Unitas. And they had, they had Gino Marchetti on their defense, and Big Daddy Lipscomb on the defense. They had Lenny Moore, a great running back. They had Raymond Berry, one of the greatest. They had great players, and we beat them 27-17. But you had a coach. You couldn't have had a more difficult guy to work with, Norm Van Brocklin, who was always questioning, I remember that, uh, height, arm strength, and uh, ability to stay in the pocket and stuff. And yet you managed to work that and, and win. Was it frustrating with him? What was that relationship well, like? I'll tell you what it was. He was great for me in this regard. He was brilliant quarterback. He was a brilliant. He understood it. He had great backgrounds of playing with the L.A. Rams, and he played for Sid Gilman, who was a he was a offensive passing game savant. He was way ahead of everybody else. I learned the offensive football from him. I learned it from Sid Luckman. I learned it from from Y.A. Tittle because I was inquisitive. And so, after my fourth year, I was caught, I was running the offense, but. With all of his goodness in there, he was the most distressed, disturbed, dysfunctional human being I've ever known. That's why I left and went to New York, because I couldn't play for him. I told him that. But he put the foundation for me, because if you don't have the right scheme, and you don't understand, as an offensive football team, you're not going to win. Now, one thing that helps Mahomes, he's great. But he's got Andy Reid. He's an offensive savant. Right. He is great. And if you follow, you know, the, the advances of the passing game now, you had two guys that are geniuses in college's offense. And, and one of them is Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin is an offensive savant. And mm-hmm. then there's another guy that coached at Washington State last year and, and then before that, Texas Tech, and I can't think of his Leech. name. Mike Leach, right? Leach. Mike Leach, who's a genius. Now, they come into the SEC, right, on two teams. O- Ole Miss uh, uh, was playing was playing uh, Florida, and Mississippi State was playing, and Leach were playing LSU, the defending national champions. They both, both coaches and their quarterbacks, unknown quarterbacks, playing at marginal programs in Mississippi State, they put 600-plus yards of offense on the board, and one of them, Leach, beat LSU, the defending national championship, and and uh, Lane Kiffin put up 600 yards against Florida because the scheme makes a difference in all uh, football, and now it's advanced uh, beyond anything I could have ever imagined but that's why it's so important to have the scheme and, and, and because I don't care if you don't have that, you don't have much chance to play. And I'll give you one more thing here. That the other thing, every great quarterback has, been a, has had the scheme, had the right coaching, but they have unbelievable confidence in themselves. I never, it never bothered me to throw an interception, to make a mistake, because you're going to do that because you handle the ball every offensive down, so you're going to make mistakes. And the great ones have unbelievable 
confidence in themselves. The young guys we're playing today, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers. He looks like he's in a rocking chair going back and forth. If you don't have that kind of mentality, can't play. You know what, though? With you, it's followed you throughout your career. And we'll get back to football, but I think about going up to the broadcast booth, sitting in there with Howard Cosell, and then in the world of business, you've kind of dominated. And I think it's because of this confidence. It applies across the board, doesn't it? No question. I have done much more in business than I had in football. I've been in, I was in business while I was playing football. I've started 25 businesses. And here I am at 80 years old today. We are changing the face of small business America. 30 million small businesses out there, and they have a hard time getting a, getting a customer, doing marketing. It's expensive. And we have, we're tearing it up with digital marketing, using social uh, uh, technology to be able to let these small business people go out and be able to acquire customers and get prospects for pennies on the dollars that they never could do before. We're changing the way it's done. I am so excited that we're able to do that. And here are our partners, Apple, Google, ADP, the company that's 75 years old that made its name in payroll. And we're, we're working with all these people who have access to, to technology, and we are, we're changing the world of marketing and, 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 and getting advertising and sales for small business entrepreneurs. It's, it's just, it's, a, it's an unbelievable, I never thought in my 80 years that we would ever get to the point now of being able to use technology to help these people uh, get more customers. And the same thing in football. I never thought the, the establishment of football would ever evolve into the technology juggernaut that it is today. It's pretty yeah. exciting. You are definitely have an entrepreneurial spirit. Did you think about signing with the AFL at all? Because I know the Patriots drafted yeah. you. And that, that style of football that guys like Sid Gilman and Al Davis and we, yeah. eventually Weeb Eubank, yeah, have you ever think, like, gee, that might have been fun? Yeah, I, I, I tell you what happened. I was drafted by the Boston Patriots, now the New England Patriots, and I was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, who had never had a team. And the AFL had only been in for about two years, so nobody knew whether he was going to make it or not. I got drafted in both places. And New England, or, or, or Minnesota, offered me, and your listeners are going to love this, they offered me $12,500 salary and a $3,000 bonus. The New England Patriots offered me $12,500 salary with a $5,000 bonus. And I took the Viking one because I wanted to go and play in the best league against the best players because I didn't think that they would ever make it. So I did make a very good financial decision, maybe a career decision have been better to go there. But, but that's how that, that all uh, broke out. You know, you played with the Vikes, successful, but the dealing with Brock, Van Brocklin, you asked to go to the Giants. So you moved to yeah. New York. What was that like? Because what a well, change from Minnesota to New York, just the media and well, so forth. Yeah, it was. And, and see, after five years or six years of Van Brocklin, he just imploded. And I told him I wouldn't play there anymore. And uh, they fired him in the offseason. And then the owners and Jim thinks the general manager said, let's, let's, let, we want to meet you in Chicago. And I said, why, why do you want to meet me in Chicago? Because we want, we want you to stay. I said, I'm not staying. I, I told you 
two weeks before, I told Van Brocklin that I would never play for him again because I had no respect for it. So now you want me to come back? I'm not going to have his blood on my hands. So I, the Giants were really in trouble. The owner, Mara, Tim Mara, who was the younger brother, uh, older brother of Wellington Mara, he was the guy that made the Giants run and all, and he ran the team in the 50s and 60s when they were really good, and then he died. And Wellington took over, and, and it just didn't work out. And so when I got traded to the Giants, the Giants the year, the year before I went there in 67, they had a record of 1-12-1. One win, 12 losses, one tie. And their quarterback was Earl Morrow, who was the MVP a few years later as the Baltimore quarterback that lost to the Jets. He was also, on the perfect year of the Miami Dolphins, he was the quarterback for 11 of the 14 games back then. And then Greasy came and played in the, in the Super Bowl. So they had good players. They had a good quarterback that was 112 and 1. And to get me, they gave up three number one draft choices. Two of them were the number one picks of the draft of 67 and 68. And, and, they, and then they got additional two. And they come off of 112 and 1. So we had nothing. I played my best football in New York. And my first year there, we were, we were 500. We were either 7 7 or 8 8. The next year, we got to 9 and 5. And and we just didn't have talented players. We had no organization. We had no great coaching staff. And that was probably my best achievement because, you know, everybody doesn't get to play for Bill Belichick. <laughs> everybody doesn't get to play for Vince Lombardi. And and then I was lucky in the last part of my career, I got to play for Bud Grant. And we I came back to Minnesota, and we, went to, we won six straight division titles. We went to four Super Bowls, and, and we didn't win any of them, but we got there. I was in my mid to late 30s. And so my best years of playing and production were in New York for five years, although we didn't win, we didn't win any championships because we didn't have the organization behind us or the players. But I remember those years in New York, and you were kind of a savior in the sense of if I was a season ticket holder, hey, at least I'm seeing some decent football there. And you won games with a team that well, realistically shouldn't have. We did win games, and here's the reason. They brought me there for all the wrong reasons. They, Joe Namath was there, right? And, and he, was, he was Hollywood or Broadway Joe. And he was a great guy and a super talented player. And he was there and getting publicity, and they were going to go to Super Bowls and, and win a Super Bowl. And Wellington Mara, rather than getting his organization fixed up and getting the right coaches and the right draft and the right scouts and the right way to run a team. He, I'm going to be a silver bullet, so he's going to give up all the stuff for me, and you, go, you, you, you do it yourself. That's how I got to New York. Being compared to Joe Willie Namath, I remember there was a sports magazine back there that ran a cover with you. And at the time, you had longer hair, Fu Manchu, side-by-side with uh, Namath. What was that like? You know, Because they were saying, well, you know, should Joe be more like you or vice versa? <laughs> Well, anyway, you know, I got he was a good buddy of mine, and they had they they had a magical year when, and you know, if he doesn't get hurt, he got hurt his senior year in college, really, and he never got over that. He could still throw, but in college, he had great feet and great legs, and uh, he had that great year. But he had a shortened career because of his of his injuries. But he really was he was a great talent. He was a talent, kind of like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, who I think can make any type of throw, got great feet. And, and Joe Willie Namath had that kind of uh, 
that that kind of a deal. But his, because of the injuries, uh, you know, he he didn't have a long enough career. You traded back to the Vikings, and they say actually that those were the two of the greatest trades in Vikings history, both coming <laughs> and going. You know, but you come back, Bud Grant. It just worked, right? Bud Grant got you. Well, he did get me, and I had not known him before, and he saved my life. And uh, he was a phenomenal head coach. He, uh, he He's in the Hall of Fame. I had an offensive coordinator, Jerry Burns, and Burnsy and Bud said to me, we want to do the offense like you want to do the offense. We want to put the schemes in that you want to put in. And Jerry Burns was a great offensive coordinator, and he allowed me to work with him 50-50 on putting the stuff in and he had great ideas and he was a savant and we just we for for our six last six years of my career there uh actually seven i guess it was six five seven years we had as we had the best system offensive system in football and when my backups would go in and play a game here or there exhibition season or what they played great because our system was great and that's because bud let me Work with Jerry Burns to you know to really do that, and I and I liked th- that whole thing, and I was qualified to do it because I'd been coached and by players that I didn't play with, like as I mentioned, Sid Luckman, Y.A. Tittle, John Unitas, and and so forth. I learned from them. I, I played in Pro Bowls under Don Shula, uh, Tom Landry, and and uh, uh, Vince Lombardi, and I I wore them out with questions. Nobody can do it by yourselves. If you're not curious in whatever you're doing in life and you're not asking the people that know have done it before you've done it and you don't learn from that and you're not trying to learn something every day, then you're not going to get your maximum performance. And that's, that's what I did. Well, what you did, too, in terms of moving with the ball and so forth, I remember at that time you were about it. There was nobody else doing it. There was Bobby Douglas, but at a whole different level, nowhere near what you were doing. And now you see all this. Do you think it was just a case where, as coaching developed and kind of changed, you know, Bill Walsh brought in his West Coast offense and so forth, that somehow they finally got around around to this? Because I'm always amazed that somebody else didn't figure that out because you were winning in situations where the team wasn't winning before that. Well, the whole world of the United States of America wasn't changing as rapidly in that 18-year span that I played as it does in two years today. And football is no different. The schemes are so much better. Innovation, creativity, just wasn't wasn't part of it. I'll give you an example. In my first year, we're playing the Colts, and they were a championship team with the greatest quarterback at that time that ever lived. They had a defensive end named Gino Marchetti, who was the greatest defensive lineman I've ever known. And I'd watched him on television. He was a big Italian guy. You couldn't block him. So we're playing them, new new expansion team. I, I don't have. You know, great, great lineman. And so we're playing during the game, and my tackle got big old guy named Frank Uso, who, who was a Minnesota guy. And I hear a bunch of no- noise after I've thrown a pass, and I look over, and Frank Uso has uh, his, his shoulder uh, uh, jersey is torn off his shoulder pads. And Marchetti said to him, when you come back, don't put that Vaseline on your shoulders anymore that makes my hands go. <laughs> so we went through that. We beat him 28-17. After the game, Gino Marchetti said, what do you think of this Tarkin kid? Oh, he said, he, he'll, he'll, he won't last two years. They'll kill him in this league. He'll never make it. Well, I made it. So some, some years after that, 
I'm in New York, and I'm I'm getting the Sports Magazine Player of the Year award. Uh, the people that were giving me the award in New York said, well, who would you like to present the trophy and introduce you? And Gino Marchetti had already retired from football. I said, I want Gino Marchetti there to, <laughs> to, to, to give me the award. And, he, and Gino did that. And he remained a great friend of mine until he died about two years ago. Three Super Bowls you guys go to. And it yeah. has to be frustrating because you played – Possibly the three, certainly the three best teams of the decade, right? Dolphins, Steelers, and Raiders. Well, I wasn't myself in any of the games. I had, uh, I had torn at before the first game of the championship game with the rest. I tore a ligament in my knee, which couldn't be fixed. You just couldn't do those operations back then. So I had, I had no legs. And when we when we played Oakland, I was 37 years old, and I I'd had shoulder problems all my career because I got it separated when I was in high school, and I was playing with a bum shoulder my entire career. And the year I go to that Super Bowl, I couldn't, I couldn't throw it 40 yards, but I could play. And so we just hit it at a bad time. Our roster was pretty old. The Purple People Eaters were older. They were in their mid-30s and late-30s. And that's not excuses. That's just what it was. We, we, we didn't get to play at our peak. And, uh, and, and we didn't prepare the Super Bowl was different. We didn't even practice. The, there was a two-week span there, and we took the, the week after the championship game off, and we didn't practice until we got to where we were playing the Super Bowl the Monday before the Super Bowl. We took the whole week off. No other team had done that. So we really didn't have, we didn't have the preparation uh, that, that needed to be, but we didn't know about Super Bowls. We didn't know about how to do those things then. Your career ends, and... I, I want to cover this. You, you go up to Monday Night Football. Now, yeah. that was a big deal back It's not as big a deal now, yeah. but it was a big yeah. deal back then. And you're following Meredith and so forth, and you got to go up with Cosell. What was that like? And was it just a question of um, just talking to you now? I got a feeling that uh, confidence wasn't one of your problems. No, it wasn't. And, and they wanted me to do that. And I was already building businesses. That was my priority then. But by doing Monday Night Football, I also did a show on ABC called That's Incredible. Yeah. That gave me money to build my businesses. And I, I really had no interest in being in the booth doing uh, Monday Night Football. And, and, and after three years or so, I quit. Because, you know, you get in the booth, and I was in the booth with Howard Cosell. Dandy Don Meredith was one of my great friends. Frank Gifford was great. So we would rotate. It would be three of us at a time. Gifford was there all the time, and Dandy and I would rotate. And I hated it because I'm up in the booth, and they're playing the game down. So what are you going to say? Nice nice throw, nice catch, nice pass. Oh, he made a bad play. You have nothing. No, nothing's at stake. I, 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 I go into the booth. I'm not excited. Game's over. I don't care who won or lost because I wasn't part of it. It wasn't my thing. Yeah. I was building businesses. I wanted to go out there and do something productive, build businesses, help people do better. And and I, after three years, I didn't want any more to do with it. Well, and that's incredible. Was incredible yeah. because it was the first of the so-called reality shows, and that's it become was. a dominant part of uh, television today. Yeah, we uh, yeah we got there, and I didn't even have to do an audition. They saw me, uh, the producer of the show. Uh, saw me uh, do Saturday Night Live at the end of my career, and I was the first athlete to host Saturday Night Live. 
And he saw that, and he said, I want you to be there with John Davis and Kathleen Crosby to do that. And so we had about a five- or six-year run. We were a highly rated show. Everything uh, was, uh, you know, scripted, so that was easy. I made it fun because I make everything fun, and I make everybody better to be around. But I did it because I needed to have money to be able to invest in my businesses because I had no money from football because I made no money in football. Right. And so it was important that I, that I be able to raise money. I made more money uh, in, in, in uh, that's incredible in two years than I made in my entire career. In my entire career of 18 years, I made a total of $1.2 million. You talk about your time on Saturday Night Live. I remember that. You were very comfortable in that, and it kind of makes me wonder, do you yeah. ever think of doing like the Jim Brown thing where you could become a full-time actor? Because you, you seemed really <laughs> natural at that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did fine on that, and it was all uh, – And but I had a good coach. Uh, I did four or five skits. I knew nothing about acting or being an actor, and I went to uh, my coach again. I went to get Bill Murray – First year he was on the show, and he was a genius. And I said, Bill, help me. I cannot be you, but show me how you would do these skits. And he did. And because of that, it worked. But it, it, that wasn't in my blood. Yeah. I needed something more. I needed to be something competitive, and business is competitive. And you've got to have something that, that solves problems for people, and and you're you're on the line every day, and you got to be better t- today than you were yesterday. It just had all the ingredients that I liked, and I so as soon as I I got enough investment to go and start these businesses, then I stopped doing that also. And after that, it's been everything to the wall in trying to uh, uh, build businesses. I, and again, I built 25 of them. And the last 15 years, I've been all about small business with a company that I invented and started called GoSmallBiz.com. And we're just knocking the cover off the ball. We are just helping 29 million small businesses in America, 1 to 25 employees, have the knowledge, interest, and tools to be able to embrace digital marketing and help them cost-effectively get access to customers. Because, you can, you know, if you're, if you're a small business person, with, with little or no experience, you don't have the money that big companies have. You got to compete against big companies. Uh, you you you've really got to be able to have products and services that someone wants in, a, in an effective way to get to, to to get to that market. And so that's what, who I am and what I am. And I love this, and I'm in my office right now. Fran, if we want to get on your team, and I think I'd recommend it to small businesses, where do we go again? Well, somebody could just look at what we do. You just go to gosmallbiz.com, go, go and you'll see a lot of information of what we do and how we do it. And it's a way to get in touch with us if uh, you have an interest in doing some work. But we are, we're we're really having a great time uh, helping those people, and we're we're doing it because I understand teams win, individuals don't. So we're partnering with ADP. We partner with Google. We partner with 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 Apple. We we partner with. Uh, everybody that's lesser than that, that that really has something that comes to the table that can help that small business entrepreneur. And uh, so that's why at 80, we're going 100 miles an hour. Well, that's exciting. Thank you, Fran Tarkin. I hope to have you on again right. sometime. It was great. All right. Anytime you like. Thank you. 
Please follow Vegas Never Sleeps on all social media platforms, including X, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Do you have a car sitting around you want to get rid of? Then here's a great idea. Donate your car and help veterans and their families. Yes, one fast call to the Veteran Car Donation Program and we'll come and remove your car for free. Fast, free towing, and 24-hour response. You can donate most cars, trucks, or SUVs in most conditions. The proceeds raised goes to help active military, veterans, and their families. And you get a tax deduction. All you need to do is make this free call. Get rid of that old car and help the vets. We make it easy. Make this free call now and book your fast and easy pickup. Call the Veteran Donation Program now. Donate your car and help veterans and their families. Operators are standing by. Here's the number. 800-932-1176. That's 800-932-1176. Holy gentle giants dog food, Batman. I'm Burt Ward, Robin from the Batman TV series. I was the caped crusader, and now I'm the canine crusader. After rescuing and feeding 15,500 dogs for 23 years, my wife and I created a natural, low-fat, heart-healthy, made-in-America dog food and special feeding and care program designed to help all dogs live amazingly longer, healthier, happier lives. Our dogs are living as long as 27 healthy, active years. Yours can, too. That's twice their normal lifespan and triple for some breeds. Would you like your dog to live as long as 27 years and still be active and healthy? Gentle Giants Dog Food is complete nutrition for all dogs and puppies, all ages and sizes, and is different from other dog foods without the greasy coating and high fat content that can shorten your dog's life. Try our Gentle Giants life-enhancing dog food for the longer, healthier, happier life of your dog. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-483-7217. 800-483-7217. 800-483-7217. That's 800-483-7217.